everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move TV, the podcast for all the television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your co-host for this week, Cecily. And uh, we are flush off our uh, our uh, young Popeye. We're flush off of it? And uh, Yep, flush off of it. And now we're flushing on to <laughs> Girls and Always Sunny. Um, I've watched Girls Faithfully for six seasons now. This is the final season. Um, it's. I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with them. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna stop watching, but sure. damn, it's painful. Sure. You know they always say they're sorry and they're gonna do it again. Um, however, this is I the final say, season. They the mean it this season. time. They're not gonna do it again. And I feel like that gave them that. Yeah, literally. I feel like that gave them a little bit of focus because so far these first two episodes have been good to kind of amazing. Yes. And the interesting thing about it is that Lena Dunham, as the writer, has said that, you know, she's writing, um, I want to say like five, ten, however old she is, years into her past. She's writing about what a shit she used to be and growing up and coming of age. And I want to give Hannah's character the benefit Mm -hmm. of the doubt and just say that she's going to grow out of her bullshit. But uh, I haven't seen that so far. But then again, you know, I see these stories trending towards an ending. I yeah. see people finding resolution and peace within themselves. Um, do we want to talk like spoilers? Yeah, like um, there's don't listen be... if you haven't seen the first two episodes. Uh, first, let's so that's our non-spoiler review of of, of, of girls, and we're going to be coming back every couple of weeks to kind of talk about the final season, and also we want to talk about another show that's kind of had a resurgence, uh, Always Sunny. Yes. Always Sunny in Philadelphia last season, I thought, had one, maybe two good episodes. The last two seasons were disappointing. One okay episode, and the rest were kind of forgettable or indulgent. Or And, and contrasting to this season... Have you done any research on the writers in the past few seasons compared to this season? No. Because there's definite change. I mean, it's not just one or two episodes have been great. Every single episode so far has been consistently hilarious, laugh out loud, and right. kind of, and there's some, they're touching on some, some importance, like always right. irreverently, but they, they, it's very they, topical this year. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the, the current uh, charged climate in the United States have given them a, a bit of a charge, but the first seven episodes, I'm just going to go through, we're going to go through each, um, one by one. Actually, we're not. Um, if you okay. liked always sunny at all, then you should also, or you've, and you've fallen off in the last few years because it's been kind of disappointing and forgettable. Yeah. I think it's it's back to being appointment must see television. Yes. That's our spoiler free reviews of both of that. We're also going to talk about The Expanse a little bit later, maybe if we have time. Um, but right now, we want to go back to spoiler thoughts on Girls and Always Sunny. So if you have not caught up on Girls or you've not caught up on Always Sunny, I'll put the time. I'll put the time codes for both of those things in the show notes. If you want to, like, you know, if you're not cut up on girls, you want to skip ahead to Always Sunny, um, I'll do that for you. So, anyway, uh, let's talk spoilers on girls. First episode, um, All I Ever Wanted. Uh, Hannah meets Riz Ahmed, which you might have seen from The Night Of, or you might have seen from Rogue right One. He's hot right now. He's in Rogue One. Super hot right now. Uh, girls, he was in the OA. He's, he's actually just genuinely hot, too. He's a very attractive man. Yeah, but he's been doing like these bit parts, and you're just seeing him everywhere. He's he's doing yep. great. And just the setup for that is Hannah has an assignment. She's hit it big by telling a modern love column in New York cameo Times. cameo by Chelsea Peretti. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she's struck it big with retelling her kind of jilted love triangle about um, her and Jessa, Jessa and, Adam. and Adam in the New York Times modern love column and she is being courted by big writers and they send her on a paid junket to Montauk to cover 
the 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 women the women the women surfers of Montauk and that whole culture. Right. And Hannah is having none of it. Um, and hilarity ensues when she did they know what was going to happen when they sent her there? I don't. She's think not so. the type that well, you see. But that's she... the thing. Like I, the thing that consistently frustrates me about Hannah is she is this got this dour look on everything. Like right. I, as as a writer, I expect you to be to immerse yourself in the experience. Yeah, like when I read, you know, um, Chuck Klosterman, and he goes to some bullshit concert in the middle of nowhere. I don't expect him to be like, oh, this is a bullshit concert in Amarillo, Texas, and it's exactly how you expected. Like. That's not why you're paid the big bucks, man. Exactly. Like you're supposed to have a unique angle and find something interesting and something humanizing. And and why, if it's if it's popular, why is it popular? If it sucked, why did it suck? Yeah, where's the dark underbelly? And for her to be just completely disinterested in any kind of participation, I thought was classic Hannah. And Hannah at her most hateable. And for them to try to tell me that that's an attractive quality that Riz Ahmed wants to fix or open up her eyes to, I just find that to be. I, I mean. I find it to be unbelievable, but maybe that's the case, is that he, he was just looking for a project himself. He's Well, bored. that's the thing. He's like, this guy, every week, new women come in, and he fucks them. And Hannah just happened to be the most interesting configuration, so why not? Yeah. And, you know, like, and she's their sex not... scene was hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's trying to get her into all these, you know, yoga positions uh-huh. like all and the other women, and right. nope. <laughs> right. Not having it. Right. And, yeah, she's not having it at all. Um you know, so th- I think this is a tale of two halves because the first half of the episode I was annoyed and uncomfortable because the girls did this other thing again where they seem to intentionally blur the line about how they feel about s- consent and sexual relationships. What are you like, talking about? Maybe so I'm forgetting Han- something. Hannah goes to this concert and she gets drunk and she does drugs to the point that she can't remember the night before when she wakes up. Oh, yeah. And she has this thing that's like where she's saying, like, I'm not saying you raped me or I feel but you know, like I and and but then they kind of make a joke out of it. I'm like, OK, as a progressive person, do you agree that, you know, if you are in t- too intoxicated to give consent then you are being raped or aren't you like you can't really have it both ways and play it for haha laughs right and that's exactly what she did and, and that, that further like all the time like i've she, heard from like she, we don't like like it's 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 douchey people to want to muddy the waters it's 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 um upright people concerned with social justice to want clear white lines about when it and when it's not okay to to have sex and and when you can get consent and when you can't and there is lena dunham in the middle there mudding the waters right like last season she definitely sexually assaulted ray by forcing a blowjob onto him causing a car crash but right. she didn't address that with in herself or her character no and again i like, i'm but not for saying... this she just tackled it head on woke up the next morning and said it wasn't rape that's how i feel about it well she didn't say it she wasn't said rape. It was. that, that's and that's what i'm that's exactly what i'm talking about and here's the thing like it's fine to be edgy with this kind of material, like, you know, it's, and to be in to find some kind of humor in it, right, but have comedy. a fucking point of view so that we as the watchers know what we're supposed to, you know, because right. if you just leave it up to the viewer on something about like rape and sexual assault, I think that's dangerous right? Or, and irresponsible. Or don't have her get just completely obliterated the night before, before she has sex with this guy for the first time. Yeah. Like, like why wasn't... have her wake up and say, I can't remember anything that suddenly puts a whole, cause I, you know, people have drinks and have a good time and still be able to give consent. Mm-hmm. Don't have her waking up, throwing up and saying, I don't remember anything just so you can make a stupid slurpy joke. Yeah. Really bizarre. Poor taste. So that was my 
That was the nadir of the episode. I was like, Jesus Christ, girls have come back and it's worse than ever. Yeah, yeah. But then I feel like that she also retreated back in the classic Bad Hannah because here Riz Ahmed has had opened her heart to all these new good things. And then he reveals that he's in his polyamorous open relationship with the girlfriend, which briefly sent Hannah into like... I could just see her winding up this self-righteous speech about how you lied to me and you led me on and you did all this and you got me drunk. And the same kind of relationship she got into with the Patrick Wilson's character, the right. doctor that she was using a trash can. Right. That same kind of thing. She just overly attached Hannah. Right. Wouldn't that be a meme? But, but she actually maturely dealt with it. Like, okay, this is new information. I don't necessarily like it, but this guy didn't really mislead me in any way like what was I supposed to expect I was going to go and fuck my surfer instructor and he was just going to and like, we're going to get married and yeah like down? what no. an immature attitude that is and found a way to draw something positive from it. and I'm like huh it's like for the first time in years Hannah is not just becoming self-aware but actually learning and modifying her behavior yeah it's interesting and I thought that was super interesting and a great setup for the next episode hostage situation yeah which, that was really good. Just to catch everybody up, um, we, uh, Marnie, and what is it, and Ray are a couple. Yes. Except for Marnie's kicking Ray out because he's doing that deadbeat thing where he just shacks up with a woman. Where he sleeps over every night and then suddenly and then he's suddenly living he's there. living there. Um, same thing he pulled on Shoshana and and Marnie says rightfully so. My therapist said like I'm doing I'm repeating all the same patterns I've done in the past and I need to you know if I want this to work she's she's essentially shining on because later we find out she's gone back to fucking Desi. Can I just say that there are which isn't even worse going back than making the same mistakes that you've always made. There are millions if not billions of people in New York City, uh-huh. and you're telling me that all you guys can do is fuck each other. Those are your only options. I feel like that probably happens a lot, though, because people get, like, even in a city of millions, you still get pretty incestuous in your own little circles because that's who you hang around with and that's who you work with. And I mean, if you and I break up, I'm not going to sleep with Jim. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be an epic way to fuck the, me over, and though. And we are Ooh. in the small, small city Ooh, of Cincinnati. Spice. And, I that's mean, spice. no, this is, a, this is a very modern setting, right? There's yeah. Tinder. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of dating sites. Yeah, and there's no, there's no, so they, many options besides just. But you know what, Hannah's convincing not, yourself you're in love with someone just because you know them. Hannah so well. is not a twenty-something living in 2017. She's a twenty-something living in 2007 because she's literally Lena Dunham's younger alter ego. Right. That's why she's not Lena Dunham. Doesn't have any stories about Tinder, probably because she's never used it. Yeah. Um, although you'd think that some of the writers or some of the people she's friends with or like, you know, she'd have some kind of visibility in that world. Yeah. So. Um, this episode, we got a lot of we got a lot of insight into all of the characters, specifically uh, Shoshana. I love Shosh. I've always <clears throat> loved Shosh. Who I couldn't think I couldn't parse who the grandmother was they were making that message for. But right. Shoshana, as soon as it was done, she's like, I made a mistake. I'm going to leave. And let's Jessa talk her way into coming to whatever event she's going she to that didn't night. Really, she shut the door on her pretty hard. All she could say is, "I don't want you to come. I'm not going to tell you where it's at." But she uh-huh. did, and Shosh- and Mar- er, Jessa showed up and made a fool of herself. And Shoshana blamed Jessa for her past failures, which is fine. You can be a greater person, but the whole reason she was there that night is because you just couldn't say no to her. She's a manipulative person, and she manipulates her, and that's not Shoshana's fault. Yeah, but it's just what happened, and I hope that it's not going to happen again in the future. But I, Jessa walked away learning nothing. 
But that's fine because this is the other story that I don't think girls has ever told very well. That there is this real thing where you get to a certain point with your friends that you've grown up with or you've gone to school with or you've been friends for years and you are becoming an adult and you are getting things that you don't want to lose and things are important to you. And these other people are just shifted into neutral or worse, they just sneer at everything because that's easier than actually making an effort in anything. And Jessa increasingly is clear that that's her thing. She is just a wrecking ball and Shoshana's had enough. Right. Like she has gone, you know, she's outgrown her and Jessa's not interested in, in, in growing up. Something that I think Adam was kind of realizing about her last year too. Like it's, I'm a fun, crazy party animal, but when there's a baby to take care of, we got to pull our shit together. That's something Jessa's not capable of doing. Right. And I think, you know, I don't know where she goes from here. Like what, and, and you know, Jess has got definitely things that are unfortunate about the way she was raised and the, the experiences she's been through and problems with substance abuse and all kinds of things. So there's reasons for her to be as fucked up as she is. But at some point that stops becoming an excuse and you have to put the oxygen mask on your own face Right. And if they can't be bothered to put the oxygen mask on theirs, then, you know, you don't have to go down with them. Right. And I like that they made that point. And I hope I hope they actually have the, the creative courage to stick to that gun and just have Shoshana like, no, no, there's no there. I, I don't want to see a scene of her and Jessa reconciling in the finale. Unless the rest of the season is about Jessa getting her shit together. Right. Unless in the and next. And making amends. Yeah, or Shoshana establishing the boundaries so that they mm -hmm. can have a relationship and she's not abandoning her cousin friend. Mm -hmm. um, Want to talk about Marnie's mess of a situation? Yeah, but even Just then, break up with Ray. You're not happy. Well, I don't know that she's not happy, but she definitely should break up with Ray. Because but he saw, last episode, we saw him flirting or talking about Shoshana fondly. And she had that look on her face like she was uncomfortable and it wasn't working. Right. Well, that's fine. Like, I, I think Ray, because Ray is a f kind of a fully realized person now. He's got his own business and a plan and he's making his own money. And, like, I think him and he's kind of an he's become kind of an entrepreneur and politically engaged. I think him and Shoshana are kind of at each other's speed at this point. So maybe that's going to like that. You know, if we're going to if we're going to stoop to shipping. I uh, can't believe we we do that on a, on on a, on a podcast you and I would host. But <laughs> I guess I would I wouldn't mind seeing a Shoshana Ray pairing. Right, for them to get back together makes sense. Yeah, for Marnie and Desi to get back together obviously is not no. going to happen. But but I th feel like that she, you know, he said a lot of bullshit in this episode. But the thing that he said about like I've been a drug addict and you didn't even know like that has to hit hard. Yeah, it and, does. And can and I just say from my, not experience, but just from my knowledge of these things, mm -hmm. if he was been a drug addict for a year, he mm -hmm. probably never had a real orgasm with her. Yeah. That's uh, that's what's funny is like the opening thing about his difficulty achieving orgasm, like took on a whole other light when you realize that he's popping 20 Vicodin or Oxycontin. That's an insane amount of drugs. 
And then, oh, it was hard to watch. Like when he, like you know, Des, like Martin. I don't know why she she throws the pills on the ground. Like this is just overly dramatic and not how you should treat the situation. And he's then there trying to sniff up these broken tablets with like, all the broken glass. Oh uh, yeah, I was thinking that that would definitely happen. He'd snort up some glass and then he'd get a nosebleed and then then go to the hospital. And I don't he's know. He's got lung cancer now because he's got all this <laughs> glass particulate matter. It's just cutting his lungs up like ribbons. Like ah. Yeah. But also, who keeps? oxycontins and a mason jar in their suitcase i mean that's dumb desi <laughs> yeah okay. i mean any, any behavior you could describe to someone <laughs> it's like uh, answerable by desi like desi. he is just this this wild like hannah had she doesn't usually have these kind of sharp of a witticisms or was it elijah i want to say it's elijah because i don't see how hannah come up with something this clever but she said he looks like a man or it looks like someone in the Pacific Northwest knitted him out of knitted a man out of yarn or something <laughs> like that's like he has got this essential kind of like, yeah, lurching, drunken Muppet quality to him. Right. Uh, and then I also liked I thought it was super effective the way they filmed the scenes of him trying to get back in the house as a semi monster slasher flick. Yes. I thought He's punching through the glass because it because it made a very scary and I I was waiting to see like man is he going to hit Marnie or hurt her and yeah because you know, he's a he's he's into throws his drug binge but they found the way to lean into this Friday the Thirteenth shit to make it to, to find what was funny about it and also like I guess I relaxed and figured that no one's really going to get hurt right um I liked the interaction Hannah had with the the Teen Witch woman yeah. She like was that, cool. She was a cool character. Yeah, and you know that like that's it's it's hard to write dialogue between essentially two characters that are this fantastic and have it seem like yes, that's how these people would talk. I was expecting. But I thought they crushed it. Yeah, I was expecting the teapot to be like smashed over Desi's head or something if he tried to attack one of them. Yeah, because the teen witch said, "Um, this teapot may just save your life." But yeah. all that happened was he's punched through the window and it got knocked off. So it was really yeah. I expect him to make more of that, but yeah, yeah that's how life is. It's just uh, you didn't know. save her life. It, it did, and then you, this would be a classic time for Hannah to go off on Marnie and judge her, and she kind of did. But then she said, "Look, I'm going to do what friends do, which is help you get out of this mess." And that's I think I'm seeing some real signs of maturity from both of these people's relationship. That yes, you're still going to make stupid mistakes and you're going to do dumb things and you're going to be in patterns that you don't but but a real friend is going to be there to you know, not let you off the hook and not hold you accountable, but also there to help you pick up the pieces right. and help, you know, bandage up your your boyfriend's uh, bloody hand and stagger him off into his classic sports car and yeah. you know tell him to shut the fuck up in unison which was pretty cool too yeah that was funny um what else do we want to talk about that's all i got for girls so far there's still a lot of season left yeah yeah i'm just enjoying i guess seeing because for my the longest time i just didn't see how they could keep these people on a this this emotional roller coaster or not roller coaster treadmill where they just never made any real developments right um and here i really i also like the the women the we moon oh yeah meet up where it's like just so so cringy leftist progressive like but like like when they're like <laughs> people have asked us if we're going to allow trans women in and the answer is we, we don't, don't know <laughs> like what the fuck man yeah um th that part was cringy but 
I I don't know. I was kind of sold on this. I would love to go to something like You'd that. You'd like to go to Young yeah, Women's Entrepreneurial Meetup now? Pay $2,000 to privilege? Is it $2,000? I missed this, but I was reading a couple of reviews, and they mentioned they consistently said that I guess there was a yearly, and they excused it because it's, uh, it's so hard to find a cute place to meet up. Like, you know, like they're, they're spending a lot of money on the catering. Gotcha. Okay, so, well, then no. Yeah, you wouldn't spend $2,000 to hobnob with the most powerful women in New York. Are they the most powerful? They're just right. the youngest upcoming. They're the ones that are one. I mean, it's Jamba jeans, though. Jamba jeans. Have you tried on a pair of Jamba jeans? I have because not. they're worth it. <laughs> I have not. They're, they're, it's not I, a real thing. They're, but but they're the way they describe them. I think they're essentially giving them credit for inventing the pajama jeans. Yeah. Like like or it's not pajama jeans. They're like um, legging jeans. Exactly. Yeah. They've invented that thing. Um, and so. Shoshana could have been in on it. Except for Jessa, and I. But she went. I don't think Shoshana would have been happy there. Well, and that's the other thing is I. I felt like she went in her epic rant against Jessa. That was where she kind of crossed the line and like, well, you know, you got to take some personal fucking responsibility. You turned down going to Aruba, right? For to Jessa. hang out with Jessa. So that was an, that's, that's on you. You have to own that mistake, but you, you can know, blame Jessa for your you feelings can, of guilt the whole sure, time you're in Aruba. You can, but you, you, <laughs> and, and you can righteously judge her for crashing this and trying to i mean because she's just is just the worst like she's simultaneously ruining the event and then telling you why you should be thankful that she ruined it right i saved you from this bunch of lame bullshit that you oh you're passionate about it and you care about it and this is what you aspire to be well it's lame and i saved you from being lame aren't you glad yeah she's i've always hated her character the most no that's not true because in season one you and i loved her it's been a very steep downhill ah. turn but she when she made the joke about your mother gave birth to you on a dirt floor we love that she was great until we realized no, the real damage that is behind this I fun guess. character she's, she's really good like you want her by your side if you're going to confront someone that you want to destroy but otherwise she you know she's right. just just uh, an awful person yeah also interesting in uh this episode hannah mentions that she's her best friend Offhanded, what's like? I'm. I've always. I. I was surprised by that. I always saw it as a Hannah Marnie. Thought That's... Hannah Marnie was the closest, and then it was Hannah Jessa, and they kind of like you know. But that that Jessa was like a one B. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's talk Always Sunny. Let's uh, do it. Season opened up with the gang turns black, where they fall asleep <laughs> watching The Wiz with yeah. the old black man, and Who they just showed up. They have an elaborate fantasy sequence where they wake up as if Philly is the Wiz, the the land of Oz, and they're all various different shapes and shades of black people. Yeah. Um, and they, they play like some like, you know, pretty cringy stuff like Frank wanting to say the N-word. <laughs> and then... Your dad, Chad Coleman, showed up. Chad Coleman showed up and then it greeted him as, what up, my N-bombs? And <laughs> kind of like... And then they're always like, you know, what is the lesson we're supposed to learn so we can go back? And I forget who was it. Mac is the little the little black kid, probably. But he gets shot by the by the police, and at the end, and they're like doing a double time, like yeah, you know, yeah. the version of the like we need to learn the lesson now song. And I thought like that episode was very funny and also very topical and pretty fucking real. It was, I mean, and there's so many ways you could have gone wrong into. You know, they could have gone blackface again, <laughs> which is what I was expecting when yeah, you saw the gang turns black. I did too. But they made and it then, work. And then the old uh, at the end, you find out that it's actually a dream of the old black man that he wanted to, to, them to learn a lesson. Of course, they didn't. <laughs> so, um, second, 
the gang goes to a this a water park, which is just oh, class. I mean, God. this doesn't have any social message. This was just fucking funny and so good it's the best part of the episode is when they cross each other's paths and they say oh you doing a fake daughter thing oh you doing a uh aids thing yeah oh yeah okay uh-huh. i'll see you later yeah they just <laughs> run into so scam good. it's and and the thing is like this is pretty well-worn territory like south park has done an episode on this the simpsons have done an episode yeah. on this and they've essentially combined it all and put a meaner spin on it and the the central thing of Dennis befriending this young woman who is he thinks he's showing her the grifting ropes and yeah. it turns out that she's just she's taking him for a ride she out she out grifted him I, that was a pretty pretty nice payoff yeah that was amazing um I love I hope we see her again I loved uh, D and uh, Mac being stuck in the tube with the kids peeing on <laughs> and with them the and sunburn on her the face su- oh and- yeah she's right there in that bubble and. I love. Oh, by the way, if you didn't know, um, I don't know if it's David or Daniel, two of the double D's uh, that make. Uh, oh, both of them, yeah. Uh, oh, was it both of them in there? Yeah, one of them was like the slide operator at the top. The other one was like a lifeguard oh, at the bottom. Oh, so I and and I know they've written an episode. I I didn't do my research to find out if they're involved, but they actually were acting as lifeguards in this episode. Yeah, the double D's from so Game good. of Thrones. Keep your eyes peeled for a guy who looks disinterested in the gang. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> both guys. Pretty cool. Um, and then the biggest laugh I think I've had maybe all season oh, is Frank sliding down. Dry, just going dry down no, that it, slide. He had a, just one water bottle. He had a 12-ounce water bottle. And just the, rea- the whole and, reaction. And as he was going down, I was like, his back is not going to have any skin oh, on it. And, and then, it did it. And then and he lands in the water. And there's like the guy who has, the, he's been <laughs> saying all day he's got AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> just there's blood a, everywhere. Just everywhere. And people are freaking the fuck out. It's, it's. It's sublime. It's so good. So good. Episode. This is the reason why I don't go to water parks, by the way. Ah. See, this is the reason I gargle in water parks. This is what doesn't kill me. (laughs) This makes me stronger. Uh, Old Lady House, a situation comedy, started off as an. It's so weird because they were like halfway through the episode before I realized where they were actually going with it. Like, oh, let's try to put in a laugh track here. And. I, I mean, there's not much to say other than it's a really good skewering of television making and rally television yeah. in particular. Or sitcoms. And, yeah, sitcoms yep. specifically. And how formulaic and great great jokes at D's expense, great jokes at Frank's expense. Yeah. Um, I love how Charlie is completely in denial about the nature of his mom and how Mac is in complete <laughs> denial about the nature of his mom. I am kind of disappointed to know that their moms aren't getting along well together. Mm-hmm. That... They well, did. they are. I mean, she's. Well, they're not. They're they're, I mean, they're they're they're. But they're. I thought they made the point that they're in this symbiotic relationship where. Well, there's a point where she walked up behind her with like a hammer or a wrench or something like she was gonna hit her with it. Right, right. They do <laughs> each other to to annoy and irritate each other though. It's like this thing where they. Well, I thought that they the reason they work together is because Charlie's mom is just kind of like, uh, dithery. Is that a word? Yeah. Li- yeah, she just kind of, you know, she Blithering talks, idiot. she makes mm-hmm. she makes food, she smiles, she's mm-hmm. so sweet, and Max's mom is just kind of disinterested and smoking and watching right. or doing whatever she's doing, right. and they worked for in that way because she just could just talk into this brick wall all the yeah. time. Yeah, I thought it made and it to see that they're good. just like actively, yeah, not working. Eh, I thought it made a pretty good like odd couple. It didn't seem like yeah, you're right. She's gonna hit her with that hammer, but. <laughs> You know, maybe that's just a kind of like why I oughta to yeah. the moon kind of thing. 
Honeymooners. Uh, uh, episode four, Wolf Cola, a public relations nightmare. <laughs> so this is essentially talking about like the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. And it opens up with Frank. He's got this Wolf Cola, <laughs> which I don't, I can't remember what it's got in it, but it's it, it opens up on this African warlord swearing by Wolf Cola and right. how it's fueling his child slavery rape gangs. and Yeah. Um, and also weaves back in muscle milk, which was one of the kind of blah plots from the seasons past, uh-huh. uh, that that's a subsidy in, uh, Wolf the, Cola of, 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 of uh, no, it was, uh, Frank, Be- Frank, I don't remember. I forget the, the name of the holding company, but it's like Frank's liquids or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, and the fact that this has become popular in the uh, mixed martial arts set, which have originally both Mac and Charlie overjoyed, but then you find out they use it to cut weight because they drink it and it, it makes just, them... like, comes out both ends. It makes them shit and throw up simultaneously. And that was a funny visual. Yeah. And then the fact that they reformulated that they have just, like, loaded the HGH and that, that like, it, it helped the guys cut the weight, but then they instantly get banned from the sport because they test positive for essentially every steroid. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. And then, you know, <laughs> Din is trying to steer D and Frank through this public relations nightmare, and he's giving them good advice, which they reject. And then he's like, would you guys just shut up and let me handle it? And he does, and you can see they have the live Twitter feed at the bottom of the screen, and yeah. everybody's <laughs> like... But then, for some reason, he goes off on this epic... I hate dogs rant. Yeah. Because he's he's Dennis and he's a monster. Right, right, right. He's a sociopath, he, specifically. He doesn't know how to right. humanize or right. you know, make a people. human connection. Like, he can only do it on this false, fakey shit, which he's... Ex- but then he <laughs> yeah. gets... Whenever he allows the mask to drop, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> and what was the final final flip of the 24-hour news cycle? I mean, that's the thing that this, that this season, I think, has done really well, is because they take you down this road and it seems... Once you've watched it, it seems so clear where they're mm-hmm. going. But once they get to that final like twist or ending, it's like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So we'll move on to making Dennis Reynolds a murderer, which I think is probably <sighs> pound for pound the funniest episode because I yeah. have an immense affection for making the whole a making a murderer. And they just have so many good gags. Like, Because at first it's like they're kind of making fun of this reality stuff, but then they also make a lot of – Co- cogent points like yeah one of the funniest things is um charlie being the analog for brendan he's just this childlike person who's just concerned as wrestling and he makes these crazy <laughs> false confessions about pile driving this woman to death <laughs> yes um and this puts he... the ponderosa thing to 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 rest finally too right. which i'm that that was out well, of legs for maureen ponderosa is dead there's her brother is still out and there I, I think this is the last hurrah because that was progressively getting less and less funny and yeah. even throwing the McPop- mcpoils in it couldn't save it ultimately that trial that the the the, the trial sequence court or whatever, that yeah. was that was just painfully bad um but here having and then the, the, the investigators you know getting the stuff from charlie and at the end he's like of course i realized that he was just talking out of his mind so none of this was admissible <laughs> like yes. of course any any police worth assault would know that exactly which is well, was, was an indictment what of was the manitow oh if there's gonna be cat tranquilizer it was, in it a was place, ketamine charlie's special gonna, k yeah charlie's, gonna, gonna, be special k, charlie's gonna do it <laughs> And, you know, the fact that Matt, Dennis had this weird relationship with Maureen where she allowed him or he allowed her to be a cat person. 
and de dressing up as the cat person. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, so but so funny. I mean, I think Dennis supported it because he didn't really have a choice with the alimony. Right. But his, you know, support phone call was him just being very sarcastic right. and saying, "How about sure? Why not?" <laughs> yeah, because she wanted to have six more nipples added so she could yeah. be a cat, and he's like, "Why don't I be a wolf with a hundred teeth?" Yeah. And Something yeah, like it that. did sound. And that's the thing is like, you know, Frank and Dennis are all or not Dennis. Frank and uh, Mac are both like saying, "Oh yeah, he's totally a murderer because." Yeah. <laughs> You know, what? Well, that's the thing is, like, Dennis could be. Well, he sat in that camera. And he had the discussion with the detective. And then for, like, four hours, just Yeah, it's like the, just the, the detective, detective is like, oh, yeah, he's very persuasive. And, like, you know, <laughs> but then I saw the tape. And it was just, like, literally four hours sped, sped up of him staring at the camera. <laughs> like you said, like, he's a robot that was shut right. off. Um, yeah. Man, scary, but very, very funny. It was good. And then the uh, the the ending, we find out that. Maureen was just dancing around like an idiot on the roof and she right. fell off. Right. Which which begs the question, why did Dennis participate in any of the footage or the detective interviews or anything? Well, especially why when you find out that, to find out that this was something that Charlie and Mac did just as like one of their deals. Like, right. You know, and the, yeah, like why did anybody, but it, you know, it's still funny. Yeah. Uh, hero or hate crime. Oh my god. Another classic one. So this is the episode where they tried to do as much as they could. What is it? The F it's not the FCC, is it? Yeah. FCC FCC what? doesn't actually govern cable, but I th- they're trying to see what they could get away with. I don't know exactly. This- they, they I feel like they push it to the exact limit of how many cigarettes you can smoke in one episode, right. how many words you can say, how many Can you say yeah. can you drop the N bomb? Can you drop the F bomb? Cuz they did can all you, of it. They did all that stuff and it starts out this <laughs> sequence of you know, I, I mean, this is Rube Goldberg device of this this lottery ticket and who gets it and and chart and Mac almost being killed by his piano and Frank calling him the F word that got Charlie's and Charlie attention and intentionally Charlie, stepping in a pile of dog not shit. Not intentionally, just he, he did. He said, oh, there's dog shit. Step. But why did he? I forget why did he. Explain there was that? there was absolutely no justification. It's Charlie. Okay. There's no right. understanding. He said, oh, I saw it and it was too late. But he said, oh, there's dog shit. Step, step right into the <laughs> right and he's like what you saw it so why did you, you yeah you told, yeah um and then they go and they hire a succession uh, uh, of three, mediators three of them arbitrators arbitrators <laughs> to to figure out who gets this lottery ticket which is probably worth nothing but they've decided that this is the the currency of hope amongst the gang yeah like one of them is going to get rich right um <laughs> And they talk about like there's this really funny scene where Frank is defending his saving of Mac's life at calling him the F word uh, because like that's this like, you know, when you're in a snap social situation, you want to say something that everyone's going to relate to. Right. Like you like, have a sentence in your mouth, but all you can say is. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the he so they go and draw. um so so then they get Frank and Horns the, the limits like, well, what if the mediator who currently was a black woman was in trouble? What, what would you, you show? What her? would you snap shout out to her? <laughs> and there's like this long pregnant pause of of Frank realizing the trouble he's in, and then Charlie just blurts out the N word in bomb, and <laughs> it's just like ah, uh, just 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 crazy. It's just it's it's. It, it's crazy. Um, it, my favorite episode, I think. Oh, it's your favorite episode. Mine was it's Making Murder. Uh, and then finally, this is probably... <laughs> because, the... they're, they're, I mean, there's just this uh, string of contrivances. Like, 
suddenly Dee started decided to start smoking, and then everyone mm. else decided to start smoking at the table, and it was just mm-hmm. yeah, it was an amazing setup. They give it some noir, and then for them to actually win, what was it a hundred thousand dollars? Ten thousand dollars, and then the the arbitrator bills was like nine thousand nine hundred eighty. Right, right, right. It's good. It's good. Um, the final episode because we haven't seen last night is PTSD. Uh, which is uh, an interesting commentary on war, an mm-hmm. interesting commentary on virtual reality and video gaming, an interesting commentary about D and how dark she can get. Yes. Um, because the whole situation is she gets beds a stripper and thinks she is like hit the jackpot. She's got the magic mic. And he comes into the bar and says, when I slept with you, I realized what a hollow existence my life is and how you, this is rock bottom. Yeah. And Dee conv- decides to convince this guy, I'm not rock bottom, I'm the rock. Yeah. So she like does everything and makes his life better and gets him paid to play video games, which is his real passion, and gets him this awesome stripper con. Uh, contract and the ultimately ends up with her and she also he's estranged from his daughter so she's going to uh, she's arranged a meeting that she'll 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 meet meet with him finally after years and it turns out that she's put the daughter in the crowd and she waits until he starts grinding his his junk in her face and they turn the lights on and she's like daddy and she's like megan and it turns out that d has engineered this whole thing just to destroy this guy. Yeah. So it's like, oh, rock bottom you really want to know is. what rock bottom is? This is rock bottom. I'm not rock bottom. Right. This is one of those premises. Like, yeah. we were led right into the trap. Like, yep. I should have known that was coming. Yep. Because it was all funny. And there's this whole thing of, like, um, uh, Dennis trying to be a male stripper and getting the leather duster back out and saying, Oh, that, and like Max sexy dreams uh-huh. that he had about him and daddy yep. and the boy and... Because yeah. the other like the other thing we didn't mention about hero or hate crime is it seems like Mac has fully embraced himself being a homosexual now. Maybe. Like that who knows? Like I don't think he's ever Right, actually... but he said, Yes, I'll say I'm gay for the lottery ticket and then They gave him the like, Okay, now you've got the lottery ticket, you can say I'm not and he's like, No, I think I'm gonna see how this goes. Yeah. Uh so that's interesting to see evolve as well. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff about, you know, that that obviously Dennis and Charlie stripping was more about them and their issues with women than it was about <laughs> yes. titillating women. And, exactly. Shut up. This is not this is this is about us. This is our power over you. Uh, I forget what Frank's deal and all this madness was. He, he uh, seemed like I don't know. He just kind of had. Oh, he was the gamer who was. Oh, always, right. Yeah. Yeah. And he got the he was playing the virtual reality virtual and then he got the stripper game. guy into it with him so that they could beat the levels. Yeah. And... Cause Mac was getting PTSD because Frank kept killing the innocent the children people. and the innocent people in the, in the virtual reality. And it turns out he didn't have PTSD. He just had been playing the game three days straight and was <laughs> yeah. sleep deprived. Yeah. So, um, all in all, a really, really funny, funny season of, uh, always sunny. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to see how it goes. And, I was at last couple seasons. I'm thinking, man, they should wrap this up while the getting's still good. Yeah, but uh, no, they now come back it's strong. like, man, if they can keep if they can keep executing at this level, I kind of never want them to go away. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, do you want to see? Still, want, do you got time? You want to talk about the expanse? Um, everybody's, yeah. Everybody's saying, yo, Jim and Aaron, you should cover the expanse. Oh, Jim and Aaron, you should cover the expanse. Yeah, yeah. So then we this started. Fucker, this fucker Jim goes and watches the expanse. Uh huh. Well, I'm to be the asshole that doesn't watch it now. So we binged the first five episodes last night, and it was impressive. And when I say binged, I mean because we were hooked. Yeah. I I feel like 
the reason I didn't watch this because I remember having a conversation. I'm it's a, hard to trust a I'm sci-fi a vicious, show. I'm a viciously name drop Chad Coleman because I actually have a conversation with him about his career and what he was doing. Yeah. And he said, "I'm like, what are you, you know, what are you doing uh, after Walking Dead?" And he said, "I actually got this thing going on, The Expanse. It's a science fiction novel series, and I play this commander character. It's mm-hmm. a really strong character, and I think you're going to like it." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to have to watch that because I." But then he said, "I heard it was on a Sci-Fi Channel. I'm like, ooh, strike one." Right. Mo- Maureen Ryan was really down on it, who is a critic that I kind of respect. Okay. Um, and I just heard kind of meh. And honestly, even like, you know, because Jim was kind of selling it to me, and he's like, you know, I'm not sure if you'll like it, and some of the characters are weird, and. I mean, the like thing nothing... about it is, is that it's not necessarily a very original thing. This this is very much Firefly, to me, with a steampunk turn. Even and more, more of a there's a lot more politi- in depth political. A lot more political, and um, I mean, the visuals are amazing for for a sci fi budget. I thought this because this the 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 visuals always pull me out of like Doctor Who, even a Battlestar. I thought the the graphics were kind of, or the the special effects were kind of goofy. These these special effects and the sets and the costuming are really spot on. Yeah, they're good. And it's essential. If you don't know, it's essentially in the 24th century. You know, Earth and the Moon have been fully colonized. Earth and they're run and by the, Mars. Well, in the moon, and they're run by the UN. The Mars is an independent colony that's actually the most militarily powerful and wealthy of the of the three factions. Yeah. And then there's the the Space. the Belters, which these are there. There's these um, miners that live in an asteroid be- field, and they essentially supply both Earth and Mars with with water and air and raw materials because Earth is running out and Mars never had any. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like essentially exploited for like old company store type of labor. They they mentioned the life expectancy on Earth is 138 years. Mars is even longer, and the average Belter life expectancy is 68. Right, and the common or in the the central mystery is that there's a woman who went missing. Um, that I think is part of all the storylines. Yeah, because there's, there's this one thing where there right now there's this this rogue faction that is seemingly not part of any of the three that's destabilizing things or trying to engineer a war between Mars and Earth and the Belters to what end we don't know and with what technology we don't know. Right. Um but I I think it's I think it's fantastic. My yep. my only complaint about it is uh who plays the Punisher? Thomas uh, Jane. Thomas Jane's character is interesting, but he's dressed like a two thousand era pimp. Like he's got a fedora and his kind of goofy and, and his hair is weird yeah. and just the, the, a lot Three of the things. Suit as a detective, he's he's this grimy film noir, film noir style detective in the asteroid belt and all that stuff is really cool and right. they've got this neat the way that the Belters have this kind of like a Creole mashup of yeah. a corruption of English language because they've been out there so long. Right. Um, but he just some about him. I just don't buy it. Like it's like it seems so affected in right. a way that none of the other characters do. And there's also the fact that he's just he's not a good protagonist. He's mm-hmm. not even a good anti-hero. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy who doesn't have any clear purpose, who will take a bribe but then save a child. Yeah, I, I he's don't a get his cop, motives. But he's kind of like a, a, a Vic Mackey type from The Shield. Oh, I was gonna say like a um, only less badass. What's the main character here? of The Wire? Uh, McNulty. McNulty. He's yeah. a he's like a McNulty type. Yeah, like he will forego all other responsibilities because he's got this eye on this case and he's gonna crack it. Right. 
and be damned all of my relationships and right. yeah. Um, but there's they they also really deftly weave this tale of different factions. Like there's this really well realized you know ambassador on Earth that's really interesting. Um, and they've got this crew of this ice freighter that gets attacked that is, you know, it, it's, it's the most firefly of all because they've got like the big dumb guy who maybe knows more than you think. And they've got the strong central commander figure and they've got the, the even stronger woman leader character and they got the brainy guy, the they've, doctor, they've got the guy that's conflicted and he's kind of torn between two sides and uh, like all, all that stuff is, is really good and really effective. And also... The sci-fi, I, I really appreciate the details of the sci-fi. Like, you know, there's a lot of times when there's zero gravity and things behave like they would in zero gravity. And exactly. there's times where, like, they use camera angles. Like, they'll be walk, they'll, they'll be floating through the middle of a ship and the camera's flipped upside down and right. rotating. It kind of gives you that, oh, my God, this there, is... What's up and what's down feeling. Exactly. And the way they do the space combat is interesting. Mm -hmm. It feels kind of, you know, realistic about... Uh, and the way they treat like rail guns and how they just like go right through even a big heavily armored ship and the the carnage that they can inflict is is really neat and interesting. Um, I like and I said, I mean, we're five episodes in the first season and I I'm shocked about how much they're getting away with on a sci-fi show. Yeah, you know, there's there's sex, there's some pretty graphic light gore. zero gravity sex, pretty yeah, pretty graphic really, violence, very graphic violence, and like the way the gore interacts with zero g. Yeah. Like people get dismembered and they bleed and it's like just float around. Yeah, and getting sucked out of holes in the ship and freezing and it's it's yeah it's really cool and and to the fact that I think you know I, I know that Jim's planning on doing a, a show at the midpoint of season two with Levi and they're gonna do like a midpoint show and a a wrap up show on on this here channel Bald Move TV. Um, but I feel like this show has been undersold. Agreed. Like it should be more popular than it is. Uh, maybe this is sci-fi's renaissance could be i mean because they've been a little they've been hurting since battlestar went off right it took and a long a it took a long fan. time for uh, uh breaking bad to get picked up and for it to get all the critical acclaim sure. it deserved it was like season three before it became right. the big monster that it is that that it became anyway uh so yeah i mean i i'm kind of curious about like you know my I, this morning i spent time trying to find out what the show's budget was and how many books there are and how close it keeps to the books and whether they have an end goal in mind and uh, because those things are all important, right? Yeah. Like, is it based on a series that's finished? Is that has a has a definite story it's trying to tell? Because I don't trust sci-fi with an open-ended, you know, interesting show that doesn't have a necessarily an endpoint planned. Right. I'm interested to see where it goes, and we'll and be back a, in a few and, weeks. And, and to are, talk about are it more. enough people watching it that it's going to make commercial sense to keep making it? Because man. Show's pretty good. George right. George Martin said that something along the lines of it's the best show on television right now. <sighs> Interesting. Which you could take that literally to mean it's the best show on right now. Game of Thrones isn't on right now. It could be that he's throwing shade at Game of Thrones because they've they're they're moved behind beyond them. It could be that he like I don't know. I I, I thought it's fascinating that you get that sound quote from someone who's currently the author of and stands to make financial gain from this book series is being adapted based on his works, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, so that's all we got. If you got feedback, you want to send it in for the next, uh, on any of these shows that you want us to consider for the next bald move TV, send it in to TV at bald Uh, and we'll be back probably in a couple weeks to talk about, 
some more girls, maybe yes. some more Always Sunny, maybe some more Expanse. We'll see. Some whatever else we're watching. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back on a more regular schedule to talk about this uh, the TV. That's my goal in 2017. 2017 is coming at us like a freight train. Make make Bald Move TV decent again. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have I'll have blue trucker hats out on the merch store nope. by next week. Nope. Not going to happen? All right. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. See you when we see you.